Hello, welcome to Three Moves Ahead. I am Rowan Kaiser, guest hosting this week. With me today is my DK crew. First up, freelance journalist and uh, author Ben Bertoli. Hey there. Uh, Would you like to talk about your books a little bit, Ben? Yeah, sure. Um, I put out a book last year called 101 Video Games to Play Before You Grow Up, and it is just a list of uh, different series that I think kids would really enjoy playing and a little bit of a history background for them as well. And I'm also working on a Banjo-Kazooie history book, um, which I have been interviewing the Banjo team for the last couple of months. We also have friend of the show and making her second appearance, uh, Idol Weekender and Waypoint Managing Editor, Danielle Riendeau. That's me. Thank you for having me. And uh, Ben, I am so excited to uh, hear more about your book. About Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> I know that's not our topic today or anything, but like, oh shit. Like, you shouldn't, you, you know how I feel about the B and the K. So, uh, Banjo Kazooie, the it. best strategy game of all time. <laughs> yeah, it, clearly it is. Clearly, yes. <laughs> uh, as uh, my intro may have made clear, we are talking about a subject that. I would never have expected when I started 3MA over half a decade ago, which is a little imposing, Um, but we are actually going to be talking about a Mario game today, which is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle and its expansion, the Donkey Kong Adventure, um, which is somewhat shockingly falls under the aegis of a strategy game. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just sort of? Yeah. Is that, is that what we're going to get into? Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the story of Mario plus Rabbids is people heard it announced and they were like, what the hell is going on with this? Nobody wants this game. And then they actually showed it and it was Mario XCOM. Mario was running around with a gun going into half cover, flanking enemies with alongside, you know, Yoshi and Rabbit Peach, and it blew people's minds. Like, this is actually a thing they wanted. And then the game came out, and it was actually a complex, interesting strategy RPG with a sort of XCOM like veneer, but not actually fully XCOM. And that's something that we'll get into. Um, and then I was talking with Danielle a little bit about the previous 3MA that she'd been on for the Banner Saga. <laughs> Which is <laughs> yeah. a sort of similar tactical RPG kind of thing. So uh, I think that that's a decent segue into talking to Danielle, not a normal tactics player, but uh, <laughs> someone who is interested in these types of games about, you know, uh, what what's attractive about this game. Yeah, I well, so the funny thing is, that's uh, funny to me anyway, is that I've been kind of... Uh, telling people ever since this game came out ever since mario versus rabbits came out late 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 last year uh that like oh this is my first tactics game i've never played a tactics game before i'm a baby tactics gamer and that's like what i called myself and of course i basically 100 percented this game as it came out like day one i i uh I think there was uh, another update that I hadn't played in between, you know, sort of the vanilla game and Donkey Kong Adventure coming out. But I, I beat like all the, you know, whatever the mega battles were at the end of the game and the whole dealio and got obsessed with it and then got obsessed with Into the Breach, which I am 527 hours into at this point. Wow. And so it was this whole thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I never played a tactics game before and now that's all I ever want to play. But there's a dark secret. 
And my dark secret is uh, I am a, a dumbass and forgot <laughs> that I reviewed the Banner Saga four years ago and was on this show talking about the Banner Saga, which is also a tactical, I, I guess you would call it a tactics game-ish tactical RPG, maybe. Whatever, it's in the wheelhouse. And so I, uh, I've been lying to myself and all of you <laughs> in the world <laughs> for the last year. Uh, but I guess I just sort of, it, for whatever reason, had Mario and Rabbids in sort of a different I don't know. It's obviously not like a totally different genre, but I had it in a different place in my mind than something like Banner Saga. And maybe you all who have played more tactics games can tell me why my brain may have done this. Uh, but it just feels so, so different to me uh, than like a really, really uh, slightly slower paced game uh, because Mario and Rabbids feels very much in the in the moment to moment play. It does capture a lot of that sort of Mario or in this case, like Donkey Kong gameplay, like there's swinging and there's running and there's jumping and it feels very dynamic in a lot of ways. Well, uh, for my part, if we are getting into genre definitions, which is my favorite thing in the universe, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the key thing that makes this more of a tactical RPG than a tactics or tactical management game like a, a Battletech or an XCOM is that the characters are all embedded and the story is relatively linear. Uh, there is not a lot of randomness either in you know how your characters come together or what the levels look like. Uh, they're they're all designed for you to go through. Uh, okay. This I am perfectly okay with having tactical RPGs be a major subject of discussion on Three MA, as some of our last few episodes <laughs> show. Uh, and there definitely is complexity to this uh, to Mario plus Rabbids. Um, I'm going to try to be saying its title as many different ways as I can because <laughs> uh, Mario Cross Rabbids, Mario versus Rabbids, whatever. Uh, it's a it's a symbol. I don't know exactly how the symbol is supposed to be used, um, but yes, it's it it fits within that sort of you know this is a an RPG with significant tactical decision making that is surprisingly complex for uh, what you would expect from a Mario game. Um, ben, are you a, a, a Mario player? Yes, I am very much so. Um, I probably have every major Mario game that was ever released beyond the NES. Um, and I'm even more of a Donkey Kong fan. <laughs> I have a Donkey oh, Kong yeah. arcade cabinet in my house and uh, many, many donkeys upon it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I usually don't, go for games like this um uh, strategy or rpg really i played some of the fire emblem games back when they came out i think for game boy uh the game boy advance and uh beyond that i really haven't done a lot of strategy or RPG. i really like the game stratego the old school board <laughs> game that's about as uh strategy as i get when it comes to gaming but yeah it was kind of weird because i mean just the the thought of mario and rabbits doesn't really seem to mesh very well together um, but you know, they gave Yoshi a bazooka, so I couldn't not try it at least. <laughs> well, that's another interesting thing about this game is that it's a Mario game. that's not made by Nintendo. This is made by Ubisoft and mm -hmm. that also got some side eye in addition to the rabbits, which are, you know, the minions of the video game world. Um, <laughs> but this game really works at doing Mario. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it honestly, like. And it's kind of a weird setup. If any for anybody who hasn't played it, it's almost like there's like a fan of the Mario world that gets 
sucked all their memorabilia gets like sucked into a computer with rabbits i don't know it's it's a little confusing and contrived i guess but you know uh you don't have to make it too complicated when it comes to mario and and everything but they did a good job of kind of just like smashing it all together and uh like making it weirdly unique but familiar at the same time yeah i think a lot of it is down to sort of the you know when i when i said sort of the moment to moment i'm not gonna say moma 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 too much but the moment to moment momentum of sort of running around and jumping and going through pipes and things like that makes it feel almost platformery and uh, i think this expansion actually does an even better job of that with donkey kong's movement Mm -hmm. and i guess to some extent cranky kong because of his uh I guess he just has like a big old butt and like and ground pound and like it's like really useful. But of course, he's like an ape. He's supposed to be a big brawny, you know, uh, character. Uh, but they just did such a good job with the animation and the moment and the movement and sort of like the movement speed that makes it feel like playing a Mario game. And I think that maybe is part of what made it like a really good entry level tactics game for tactics babies like myself so, or tactics toddlers i guess maybe that's the more appropriate yeah, that's a good, given that's, my that's a new podcast yeah, yeah right tactics toddlers <laughs> there we go um <laughs> uh, so that that i saying that this is like a platformer actually raises a interesting kind of genealogy point that i hadn't thought about but i remember when i think it was cliffy b was being interviewed about gears of war over a decade ago one of the things that he talked about was how he wanted it to be like a platformer where you're moving from cover to cover instead of jumping from platform to platform. Mm. And then XCOM comes out and it takes the Gears of War Mass Effect style cover system and turns it into a tactics game. And it doesn't really feel like a platformer in that respect. But then this game comes along, kind of takes the XCOM model, uh, or form, or aesthetic, and then brings it a little bit back to the tactics idea, which is a, an interesting little, little little loop there, I think. It yeah. really is. It's a little Gears of Mario going on yeah. there, which is <laughs> kind of great. There was, I think there was a point at the beginning when they first announced it that the uh, Ubisoft uh, creative director said that when Miyamoto came in and saw the game, he was like, okay, I'm fine with Mario being in this, but he can't jump when you're just wandering around the levels. Like, that's a thing, because that's what, like, my games are the games where Mario jumps. And this has to be, and that's why, like, when you're playing the game, you're not actually controlling Mario in between fighting segments. You're actually controlling the little Roomba guy, whose name I I forget. Um, Beepo? Yeah, Beepo or Beemo or Meepo or something. Uh, yeah something cute and technology related but yeah it's kind of interesting that they kind of put that on there like yeah he can jump in combat like that's fine we know that's his thing but outside of that we really want you to downplay that aspect because it's not a normal mario game that's really interesting because one of the first things i noticed about it was how weird it is to go around the overworld without mario being able to jump Mm -hmm. oh yeah and it's kind of like weirdly frustrating because you're like used to jumping. And so it's like, oh, a small ledge can't get up on there. Like, <laughs> better find a ramp. Like, oh, gosh. Might so have to like, do a puzzle. That's right. It's like Pokemon all over again. Can't get past this bush. So uh, since we're talking about it, let's uh, get into sort of the basic structure of the game, especially for people who might be not Mario fans and inst- instantly interested in the instantly interested in this and uh 
would want to know why on earth 3MA is covering a Mario game. <laughs> so, uh, Danielle, do you want to talk about sort of how the, the core gameplay loop goes here? Yeah, of course. Uh, so there's sort of an overworld that has some puzzle segments. That's what we were just talking about. And then you get into battles, which are turn-based affairs. Uh, you control three characters. It's always Mario and then two other characters. I guess we're talking about the base game first, right? Or should right. we talk about mm -hmm. Donkey well, we, Kong? We could just say that the Donkey Kong thing has three specific characters. Where the, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yes. The main so, game is Mario plus two. Yes. But, uh, and, but it should be noted oh. that you can't choose just three Mario characters. You have to have a rabbit involved. The game will not let you choose like Mario, Luigi, and Peach. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried to do Mario. Like, I never tried to do anything because the rabbits were better, in my opinion. But oh my uh, God, I, I didn't even realize that. But okay. I'm sure cool. Ubisoft was Good like, to you gotta like have a rabbit in there at least. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get our core franchise right in there. You know, the name wasn't enough. That's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you have these sort of. Uh, arenas um and they have multi-levels so there's sort of like a base level and often there are other structures that you can kind of uh, jump on top of uh it's all sort of grid based and you have three characters of which one must be a rabbit apparently and mario is always uh sort of in your party and you have various abilities right so you can take a turn and you can run around on the arena uh, select a place, especially, you know, a place where there's going to be some cover. Uh, there is only 0%, uh, 50%, or 100% of actually uh, landing an attack, like when you you shoot your little gun or, or whatever it is your ability is. Sometimes some enemies, uh, excuse me, some characters have melee abilities, some have guns, some have little sort of like remote bombs and you know, all kinds of uh, offensive capabilities. Uh, so a little bit XCOM-y, even though I've never played XCOM, it's just in terms of structure, it's very much like that. Uh, but there are also some some key things here that are a little different from something like an XCOM, such as the ability to jump on your uh, party members' heads to either sort of get more ground or to uh, get a little bit higher up. So sometimes you can use that kind of thing to sort of get yourself up on a ledge. Uh, there are sort of secondary abilities as well as primary abilities, uh, and those have you know various uh, types of cooldowns associated with them, two turns, three turns, things like that. And those are things like buffs and healing and uh, abilities that will attract enemies closer to you or push them further away. So things like that. So it is basically a big old turn-based uh, combat structure. Did How did I do? Did I do okay with the tactical terms? Or, uh... Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, one thing that I would add, especially in comparison to an XCOM, is that the... Um turns that you have are not quite as rigidly set. So in XCOM, your characters are given the ability to move. You're given like two action points and you can, and shooting always ends your turn, unless you have a super ability when you're way high level. So usually what you do is you move, you do a half move and then you shoot or you, you know, use an ability and that ends your turn. Whereas in this game, uh, you can do the move shoot ability, all three of them in any turn, and you can do them in any order. Plus, there are various things where the movement can actually have effects on the world or whatever, uh, affect characters. Um, so when you run into a, an enemy when you're moving, you do a little bit of damage to them, and maybe you get a little buff for your character, depending on if you built them that way. When you, As Danielle said, when you run into a character who's in your own party, you can launch them in the air, get more movement, or eventually grant buffs. Um, one of the 
one of the key abilities to get in the game is one that gets rid of status effects when you jump on a character. Uh, oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. But because these things are so um, free, I don't know what the exact word is, because there's not the rigid turn order that an XCOM has, you can do a lot more creative build up to your turns and stuff where for example you know you put your character on overwatch then you have another character uh who you know pushes an enemy so that they move and then your character on overwatch shoots them and then that character who was on overwatch can still go run up hit them and then shoot them again with their regular attack uh so you can develop these combos that get consistently more intricate as you get more used to how the game works uh, at a level that is somewhat different from a conventional tactics games, which tend to be more about uh, getting overwhelming firepower as you progress. This is more about getting into the specifics of your characters and really learning how to uh, just mess enemies up in like instant, uh, instant setups and knock them down. Uh, type of things, which is very useful because this is more of an embedded RPG with very specific characters who have very specific design as opposed to an XCOM or a Battletech or whatever, where it's like, here's your grunt, they can kind of do a bunch of different things, and you can specialize them as they go. Yeah, everybody does have their own, like, Mario has a particular, he has like a hammer-based melee attack, for example. Yeah. He's never going to not have that hammer-based melee attack. You're never going to make <laughs> Mario your healer, right? <laughs> yeah. In this game. Yeah, and then, you know, figuring out what the combo is that you want to set up with those characters as, you know, the enemies get progressively more difficult, and especially when you do, like, the super challenge missions. Uh, oh, yeah. Involves, you know, figuring out what the right synergies are. So um, if Mario's melee attack attack makes everybody bounce then having a character with a shotgun behind him uh who will shoot those enemies in the air when they all bounce <laughs> kicks ass but <laughs> you have to figure out like you know can you build that way um and i think the game is still reasonably playable if you just kind of want to goof around but you can also develop these intricate combos which is really interesting and creates a a different tactical dynamic than XCOM. So I, I don't entirely agree with the people who are like, oh, it's just Mario XCOM. It's actually got its own thing going on that's pretty fascinating. As someone who's never played XCOM, I think it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, don't, I don't know, because I can't really compare them, but I don't, I've seen XCOM, and I don't know. Mario just seems like more fun to me. I mean, it's I different mean, kinds yeah. of fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fair. Uh, but so, the two of you have both mentioned that you have barely or um, lied about never having played a tactics <laughs> game before. Uh, yes, it's true. But you both really like this one. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about it as an intro to the genre? Do you feel like people should do that in order to figure out like how these games work and then go on? Or do you feel like you, you're happy with just this? This is about as, as tactics-y as you want to get? Go ahead, I think, Ben. I, I have a whole it, thing, so please. Oh, okay. I don't know if I have a whole thing, but I don't know. I, I think it's a great introduction to strategy genre. Um, it hasn't really pushed me to, like, go find um, other strategy games that are similar, but I guess they're 
definitely on my radar now if I saw something. You know, if they announced Mario plus Rabbids 2, or I'm definitely going to be on it, or anything like that. I would actually love to see um, The Legend of Zelda and Rabbids smash together. That would be fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I think it surprised me. Uh, there's There's been certain Switch games, especially, that I've picked up and... Um, thought that i was gonna love and just they didn't really click with me like arms and this was one that i was kind of worried that was going to happen but it it went the opposite direction and i i totally just like fell head over heels for it and was recommending it to everyone with the switch and everyone who likes strategy or even you know saying i don't even like strategy and i'm playing this game um so yeah i think it's it's worth a shot even if you're even if you're not that thrilled with either the mario aspect or the strategy aspect i think that uh it's definitely a good starter for anyone. Got the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like a little bit of both worlds, but like the right amount. And then also there's rabbits. So. <laughs> <laughs> and toilet jokes. Yeah, there's lots toilet of toilet jokes. jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, it's, I'm a five-year-old. It's so. pretty, uh, honestly, like it's pretty funny. There's some good, uh, I mean, yeah. the writing is, is good, like humorous. It made me laugh out loud a couple of times. And, you know, they, they do like funny like there's a bullet bill stuck in underwear <laughs> like <laughs> you can't help but laugh at that it's really good it's a uh, the animation is amazing like in the cutscenes and not to go off on a tangent but i really love the the cutscenes in this game they are really well animated oh. and really funny and charming so, and the music yeah. the music is fantastic oh yeah it's so Grant good Kirkhope. my boy Famed. Grant Kirkhope Exactly. Famed, uh, like, you know, so many of the N64 era rare games. Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Kirkhope. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie. Yep. <laughs> Prime example. He's <laughs> a genius. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Banner Saga aside, this definitely was my first uh, game of this nature. At least that, that works like this and feels like this and plays like this. And it absolutely shocked me how much i loved it how much i fell completely in love with it and felt the need to 100 percent it and played it endlessly i played it before bed every night for like three months i brought it on trips i just i loved it it was absolutely my obsession for a while uh and i got really excited about the dlc because of course donkey kong's my man and that was pretty exciting too uh but i do think it's incredibly useful as sort of a as a, a starter uh, you know, tactics game or, or or whatever tactical RPG, if we can call it that, that's fine with me. <laughs> like it's it's really really good for that because it is uh, it looks friendly, right? It has the sort of Mario and and Rabbids family friendly veneer uh, that we all know and love, or maybe you don't love it, and that's also fine. Uh, but it it also has really wonderful tutorialization. I really went in from kind of nothing and felt very confident and comfortable in playing the game, especially in that sort of first world, pretty quickly. Uh, and I was so surprised that I liked this so much more than Mario Odyssey last year. And that shocked me. It really completely shocked me. I ended up, uh, you know, when I was compiling my sort of top 10 list, I don't know if you guys do that, but we do that at Waypoint. We do our top 10 list. Uh, and Austin was was beside himself when he saw that uh, I, I had put this game higher than Mario Odyssey. He's like, what? What? And I was just like, I know I'm as surprised as you are, but I'm having more fun with this than than Mario Odyssey, which is bananas, I think. Uh, but <laughs> true. It's the truth. I got to be honest with myself here. I also I feel like it's possibly the best portable switch game because it, you know what I mean? It's kind of like Pokemon. You don't like you can turn away from the action for a moment 
and come back to it and you can look around and say oh you know even if you miss the enemy turn you can uh go on like the tactum and say oh that's where they moved you know or they can move this far i can move this far it's just so easy to drop in and out um on the switch in a portable way that i found myself just like sitting on the couch and you know like glancing up at whatever was on tv and then i'd look back down and you know get back into the battle so i think as a portable game it's also like extraordinarily well done So talking about the the presentation a bit, um, I agree that it's just a really attractive game, and I think this is one of the reasons that the tactics genre had made its sudden comeback behind XCOM. Was although XCOM does not have the family friendly vibe, it you know looked like Mass Effect, it looked like Gears of War, it had these animations of people who were like rushing into the cover and slamming into it, exactly like you know everyone's favorite action games. And I think that this has been you know this trend that we've seen toward. Uh, turn-based tactics games having the kind of speed and energy and momentum as danielle said that makes them generally appealing even though you know for decades people would say oh i'd never play a turn-based game that's ridiculous but now turn-based is like feels like it has more momentum and more excitement behind it in a lot of ways uh and this is one of the reasons that the um uh, tactics genre has made such a huge comeback lately. I think. What was wasn't there a game that came out for the 3DS that was like Steam or something like that? Agents of Steam oh, or something? Code right? name Steam. Code name yes. Steam. Yeah, and they tried to push that, but that was kind of a turn based, wasn't it? I never got it. Yeah, but it I, super I, was. There was something like about it that people like didn't like. I think it was maybe too slow on the enemy side or something. But I remember that one kind of flopping and me being like, yeah, it's not for me. So. <laughs> I played that in preview events. So I'd played a couple of hours of it um, at like, you know, whatever, like various, uh, especially when I lived in San Francisco, I went to that stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I sort of dug it. And then I remember when it came out, people were like, oh, it's it kind of falls apart a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was sort of unbalanced, I, as I understand it. But I did not play the final version. But mm-hmm. I, I totally know what you're talking about. It had like. All the characters in it were from like American Tall Tales. Yeah, it was like really interesting uh, <laughs> mix of characters, uh, for sure. But yeah, and, and I do um, as being so new uh, to the genre, it, it is it has been interesting for me to see like what's coming out. I, I pay attention now, right? I I like hear the <laughs> word tactics, and I'm like. Oh, maybe that'll be for me. You know, I, I the other day I uh I, I saw something about like frozen synapse too, and like I know that one's probably a little above my pay grade at this point, but I still kind of perked up in a way I wouldn't have, I think, a year ago, like you know, before I had played this game. Or in a way that I wouldn't have before I put like almost a not almost, but like you know, I again I'm like five hundred twenty seven hours into into the breach, which is definitely uh sort of of the ilk of the the sort of strategy tactics rpg uh sort of world uh and now i I feel like this was kind of a gateway drug or at least it was a gateway (laughs) drug for me realizing i like this kind of thing right uh so yeah it's oh man i'm i'm excited i'm excited that there are tactics games that feel accessible uh and i'm excited that i found a genre i'm really excited about so i was going to make a a, a now that you've been radicalized, go on Chapo joke, but we're the 
Chapo of tactics games. So uh, I did it. <laughs> I did good. <laughs> da Danielle, get the battle tech when an expansion and come back. Uh, I, I'm going to once I can like wean myself off of into the breach. I don't even know what to do at this point. <laughs> like I just like I need something to get me off of it. Basically, like oh my god, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, continuing on with the presentation because I think that is such a crucial part of this. I went to a preview event for it shortly before it got released and talked with some of the developers, and I asked them about like the character animations and how they went and you know made them seem to stand out so immediately and they said something really interesting which was that they went to mario kart oh. in order to kind of get the idea of the 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 pure version of these characters and uh figure out like from there okay how do we build their personalities into our world and ah. that was that was really interesting to me because like I like Mario games, um, I like the I like the platformers just fine. I like the uh, um, the role playing games quite a bit, but I love Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> and this this game sort of had that similar kind of instant um, God, it, Archetype, that's what I'm looking for. The, the sort yeah. of archetype connection. And then they talked about how they took that and beyond the animations and put that into like how the characters each play within the game. Mm. Um, so Luigi, they looked at how he has been developed in the past decade plus and noticed that like his key thing is cowardice. Like that's that's you know what Luigi's also, personality and his, his very angry looks in Mario Kart. <laughs> yes. Because one of his moves is called Steely Glare. Yeah. I mean, he's he's yeah. glaring at yeah. Yeah. So, so when you combine <laughs> when you combine the cowardice and the angry looks, what do you get? You get a sniper. And that's Luigi's <laughs> archetype in this game. And uh mm -hmm. This is just like a really interesting thing where they have put all these characters into classes, you know. Yoshi, as you mentioned, has the bazooka. He's sort of a demolitionist type. Um, Peach is perhaps the most interesting because she's a healer, which, you know, you put the girl in, she's the healer, but she's also got a fucking shotgun. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> rubber ducky grenades. Yeah, so right. it's, there, there's a bunch of interesting stuff that, you know, lends itself to this game's sort of instant appeal, but then shocking depth. And that that I think is included in the characters at both the design at both the design and mechanical level. Oh, yeah, it, there is something um, immensely Nintendo about that, which it, I know sounds like the most Nintendo stand thing to say <laughs> ever. Uh, but I really do feel like the very best Nintendo games are very very deep and interesting games, but have a sort of surface level way of approaching them. Right? Like, there is always. It's something they do very well in this generation anyway, uh, and have been sort of, I feel like, working on for a while. Uh, like, for example, okay, uh, another game I love and think is great that features Donkey Kong is uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is a really difficult platformer. I think it's a pretty difficult platformer anyway, uh, that they, of course, uh, put on the Switch because, you know, I know the Wii U didn't do super <laughs> hot. Uh, <laughs> and they added sort of the funky mode that it's like a little bit easier. It doesn't make it easy. You, you still have to kind of 
you know, get through all the platforming challenges, but something like, oh, spikes aren't as much of a problem because Funky has a cool surfboard. And they, and they kind of make it all work within the fiction of the worlds, too. It's not just like, oh, here's an easy mode and there are half as half as many enemies or something like that. Instead, it's like, here's a fun way of actually making something fairly accessible uh, and without sort of watering down what's good about the experience. Um, and this game feels like that as well, of course, with like the trophy system. Uh, you can get perfect trophies on everything, and of course I do, and I and I uh, immediately restart <laughs> if I lose a character, if it looks like it's going to go too long, because of course I need the perfect trophies. But I'm pretty sure you could get through most of this game without being, you know, a perfectionist by any means. I do think they one of the player experience goals must have been to make this a relatively uh, user-friendly experience, at least in the first world or two, so that people could actually kind of get their feet wet a little bit, especially if they didn't necessarily play many games like this before. So, yeah, I, I think Nintendo kind of kind of is good at that sort of thing, and and Ubisoft working with Nintendo here kind of kind of did a good one. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, Thank you. <laughs> that's half of what I was getting at with that, but the other half is uh, which characters you guys use. What what sort of cool combos oh, yeah. do you end up developing with them? Um, I would say my least. I, I used Luigi the least. Same. Uh, yeah, I never used him. <laughs> I never used him very much. Um, I I used Rabid Peach a lot. She was usually in there for uh, healing, and then she had that great um, like little bot that would go out and blow people up. Um, beyond that, if I wanted to really hit him hard, I would use, um, Rabid Mario, because he had the hammer and he has the, um, shotgun combo, which is just, like, he's, like, all damage, and when he tackles people, it, like, does extra damage to people around them, so I would say Rabid Peach, Rabid Mario, and then, of course, you kind of have to have Mario. Um, I really, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because they're at the end of the game or not, but I never really used Yoshi or Rabid Yoshi very much. Definitely not Yoshi mm. himself, but... Yeah, Peach a little bit. She, I throw her in there sometimes because uh, she was just good at, like, if it's an escort mission where you have to get Toad or Toadette across the map, she was good at, like, protecting uh, everyone and healing them up by just, you know, jumping around and stuff like that. So, yeah. what about you, Danielle? Yeah, so, I mean, as much as I, like, hate the... The like, oh, the girl is the medic thing. I literally am a medic, so I, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't front about this one. I played with Rabbit Peach all the time. Yeah. Uh, I also really liked her little bomb ability. Like, I, I really like her. It's, it's a rubber ducky sometimes, and then it's also like another weird little thing. But she kind of like throws a bomb on wheels and, and sort of like, <laughs> can like send that anywhere on the map, and that was super useful. So I, I rolled with her a lot. I did a lot of, uh, I did quite a bit of switching, actually, uh, but almost never any of the non-Rabbit characters. Uh, a little bit with Yoshi. He was probably the only non-Rabbit character I used other than Mario. And I actually, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but uh, I was a little mad that you had to be Mario because I was like, ugh, yeah. He's way less awesome than most of the Rabbit characters are, so whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used like- Rabbit Luigi a ton uh, because of his vampire ability. Oh, yeah. Uh, he can really, that was like, super useful. Yeah, destroy people really quickly. Yeah, that was really good. So uh, to explain that, I guess, um, he, he basically had uh, several of his guns, I think, had a vampire ability that, you know, kind of throws this purple poison on, on whatever enemy, and you get a little bit of that health back. Well, I guess, okay, I probably didn't have to say that on a, a tactics <laughs> strategy podcast. Right. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> the, va- the vampire expansion for XCOM is still coming. 
we're, all right. we're fingers all right. are crossed. But yes. You gotta bite them first, but you don't only it only works sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um and I definitely used um Yeah, like I said, Yoshi quite a bit and Rabbit Yoshi. Rabbit Yoshi was great. He had got some weird, like incredible AoE attack that I'm trying to remember exactly what the animation was for it, but it was really amusing. I'm pretty sure it was like a big butt stomp or something that was, I've loved it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I did a lot of switching uh, from battle to battle, basically. So I I was constantly spending a lot of money keeping several characters upgraded, but like never touched Luigi. I don't think I ever used Peach. Like it's just sort of like humans or or whatever they are. (laughs) Luigi was good for some of the, um, if you went back, there's like these like challenge battles that you can do. And there's some where you have to move really far, really quickly. And uh, Luigi has a ability called Itchy Feet that lets everybody move a little bit further. Plus, he can jump twice on people's heads. So if I ever needed to get somewhere really far away, like Luigi would be my guy to help my team do that. And then he would like die pretty soon after because he had like such low health and... (laughs) Not the best attacks. So. Oh, but Luigi. He served his purpose. Yeah. <laughs> the sacrifice was noted. That's right. Thanks, <laughs> Luigi. Thanks, Rowan, how about you? Who did you play as when you played this? So this is the part where I sort of deviate from the unmitigated unmitigated praise for this game because this is kind of an issue I have with RPGs. Uh of this ilk where when you have all these different characters, I want to use all the different characters. And having seven characters for two slots gave me, like, major choice fatigue. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, like, when you guys mentioned that you use Rabbit and Peach all the time, she's the first character you get other than Mario. Uh, So, like, you, you are invested in using her from the beginning of the game and it's like oh she heals and she does a ton of damage like i'm sticking with her and this makes (laughs) sense but it's when i start trying to figure out okay who do i want to use in this situation or who do i want to use just because i want to use them or do i want to make a main three and just stick with them like all those things just kind of kept pressing on me and degraded my willingness to play quite a bit i still got significant a significant amount of the way through the game but uh did not actually end up finishing and i i think that this is one of the main reasons for that uh it's a it's an issue i'm running into playing pillars of eternity 2 right now like i don't know how to juggle all these characters i want them all in my party all the time and (laughs) i don't have that ability so i always feel like i'm missing out Mm, you might you might have missed uh two of the best nintendo rabid crossovers that are near the end I don't know if I can give. Should I give at, it away? <laughs> at the preview event, I did see the the cut scene at the end of the third world, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, that was really impressive. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of when these two guys show up. I mean, it's not that surprising. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, if there's something beyond the the musical bit, then I will be. I don't know if they show up until the. Th- Third or the fourth world. Okay, yeah. I, I Danielle, have not do you remember? I, it's vaguely, but yeah, I remember there being like a. Oh, all right. They're in the final. They're in the final battle, I think, or like one of the final battles. And I was like, oh, those are the characters I wanted all along on my it, they team. They are. They are mini bosses that are involved in sort of a final battle that are also invoked in some of those like super mega challenges, whatever they're called, at yes. the, the very end of the game. In the sort of once you finish a world, you can do the like mega battle mm-hmm. uh, 
area. So yeah, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my, well, <laughs> at some point, I will force myself to you know get through this. When I was preparing for this podcast, I tried to reload my save game, and it was right before a boss fight, and Aww. I was just like, I don't remember any of this. I should just restart <laughs> at some point. Just go to the Rebitulary, whatever it's called, <laughs> where you so, can replay. Oh, yeah. So since you haven't finished the main game, I take it you haven't gotten the Donkey Kong DLC? No, the Donkey Kong is, this is my segue, actually. Oh. Because oh. you only need to finish the first act of the main game to play the Donkey Kong expansion. That's true. Um, and the Donkey Kong expansion sticks you with the same three characters throughout. <laughs> so... The Donkey Kong expansion had absolutely none of that choice fatigue for me, yes. and I blew right through it. It also had nice. much less. It also had much less track backing or uh, tracking back, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Backtracking. Yeah. There's my combination <laughs> of words. That's fine. I knew. I knew where you were. We're good. Uh, <laughs> the the puzzles tended to be like. Uh, self-contained if you wanted to do this puzzle at this point and get your reward you could do it or you could skip it whereas in the main game there's a lot of sort of metroidvania style okay now that i have this unlock from the end of world two i can go and you know push down this block that was in my way in world one and mm-hmm. go open that chest that's you know i have no issue with that conceptually but it's sort of added to the choice fatigue as the game went on Especially when I tried to go back, I was like, okay, should I go back and try to do these things and 100% it? Should I just push forward through the story? But anyway, Donkey Kong Adventure doesn't have that. <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong Adventure is just, all right, here are your three characters. Here are the levels you're going through. You want to solve some puzzles? Solve some puzzles. Whatever. No backtracking. <laughs> no character choices. This is just the best parts of this game all put together plus donkey kong fucking rules oh man he is the most satisfying character of all like drawing everyone in with your bongos and then just slamming the heck out of them is just too much and they just go everywhere there's some of those challenges and things where it's like defeat 40 enemies and you're like how and then you're like oh they're all in one area i guess i'll just clump them together and (laughs) slam them about but man yeah and throwing things i didn't even realize until the very end of the game that you could throw rabid peaches bomb on wheels you could pick that up and oh shit it. really yeah like there was oh. there was like no way i was going to defeat this challenge that I, it was like a ultra challenge and and i eventually i was just like how do i do this and i tried it <laughs> you can chuck it like wherever i was like i didn't even know no idea <laughs> nice so yeah picking up the things and throwing them at other things is just i don't know there's some primal <laughs> awesome feeling there <laughs> so so there are two things that Donkey Kong does that kind of break the game. One is that he has the ability to swing from vines that appear on ledges, which is very nice, but allows him to traverse wide ranges of the game very, very quickly. And second, when he runs into things, instead of jumping off of them, like the other characters in the game, he picks them up and can throw them. And this includes your characters and enemies and apparently Peach's Bomb, <laughs> or Rabbit Peach's Bomb. Yeah, and like parts of the environment, you can throw like yeah, like you can... boxes of like or like uh, what's it oh, called? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can, can also you can throw, throw like fire cover. boxes. You can throw yeah, it's crazy this amount oh, of stuff shit. you can throw. So, so what he since he has the ability to move real far and then throw people once he's done moving real far, uh, he can just like break the game that you've gotten <laughs> used to from the first one. Uh, or from the from the from the base game, 
and so you would have these missions where it's like okay there are five enemies who are running to an exit zone and you have to kill them before they get there or knock them out whatever derabidify them <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's unclear the level of violence but it's probably not just straight up murder i, I think you're like deleting them right they like turn into little pixels or something and yeah. Float away. yeah yeah they they get uncorrupted mm-hmm. uh, yeah but uh, it's like, there's no way in hell that I could do this with my characters from the base game. But you get Donkey Kong, grab one of your, your teammates, swing across the vines, and all of a sudden you're behind the enemies and can just blast them to death. And it's, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and it's like really, it creates a whole bunch of new, interesting tactical considerations. And the animation is great. It's super satisfying. It's Donkey Kong doing these things. And you guys are apparently even much bigger Donkey Kong fans than I am. But, you know, <laughs> there's always the uh, the sort of rush of getting that classic game character doing cool things. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, it feels like this is this is the game that I wanted the original to be in many ways. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's even more attractive, too. And maybe that's just because I love Donkey Kong so much, and I love the Donkey Kong Country game so much. Um, but it's so pretty. Uh, especially, yeah. You know, the sort of, like, beach areas that just have, like, the beautiful waves kind of crashing around and little crabs walking around as you're sort of going around the, uh, the sort of overworld area, and there's just so many little details. I thought the base game was gorgeous and really pretty and just very appealing, but this was even a step above uh, for me and the the overworld song in the first area especially the sort of beach area uh, from donkey kong 64 from donkey kong 64 <laughs> which is not not the best game uh, it's not the best game uh but, but it's, i love uh, it i know same i uh, i like watch speed runs of that all the time and i'm just like what happened rare what did you do you made banjo kazooie and banjo tooie and those are both amazing and then this this was in between i don't understand I, but that's another Topic I, for another I day, like, but it's that I like Donkey theme. Kong 64 more than I like Banjo Tooie. I think you know. I don't crazy, think that's completely, completely. I really rare. I really like opinion. collecting things. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's super fair. I sh- I really like adventure game design, so I love Banjo Tooie. Yeah. But you know, that's a that's a whole other thing. But like that, hearing that rendition of of that song was like, oh wow. Mm-hmm. That this is so beautiful and like it just has all this kind of spirit of adventure conjured up and it, it's oh my god I loved it and I and I would like just sort of sit around the overworld sometimes and just kind of mm-hmm. you know I play this game um, at like bedtime or at like chill time so I'd, I'd kind of sit there sometimes in between battles and just like listen to the music and just be like wow this is nice <laughs> <laughs> this is really appealing and really wonderful. Yeah, the classic, the Donkey Kong Country music that comes on when you're, um, like, looking around the map when you're preparing for battle. Or sometimes just during battle, like, from the original 1994 Donkey Kong Country is just so good. It was one I would just kind of, yeah, sit and just vibe out to it while it was going on. (laughs) That is a good thing about this game and sort of the tactics genre in general, though this game is especially good because of the Switch, uh, is that you can easily play it in whatever size chunks you feel like playing. Like I would generally play this for like 40 minutes to an hour do, you know, that chunk of a level, be happy with it and come back the next day and do that again. And, you know, it's, it, it was not a game that compelled me to play at all, but it was a game that I was very happy to keep picking up day after day. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, the length of it is, 
kind of astounding for DLC, at least I felt. I yeah. I just kept I, I like I kept thinking like this is it final battle and they're like that's world one I'm like oh really <laughs> like all right and then we're like going and then we're going underwater or like on you know beaches and then we're going like deep in the jungle I don't know I was impressed that it just kept going and going I was excited I kept being like oh this is it it's over and I was like no there's more oh boy <laughs> so, yeah as far as DLC is concerned usually with DLC I'm like okay that felt like it was a good extra bit like that that was worth 10 20 bucks this one i was like wow i feel like it got like more than enough yeah and it, it is significantly less like at a conceptual level you only have the three characters instead of the eight um and you don't have all those backtracking puzzles and collectibles and at, at this anywhere near the same level but you do have um you know, I would say it's probably about half as much combat, and the way that the puzzles and all are streamlined, and the way that made me actually want to do them instead of seeing them as a chore was just like, <laughs> this is like, like I said, it was like this is the version of the game that I wanted from the beginning. Uh, so I was super happy with it and felt like it was, you know, a very good length. So I here's my dirty secret that I'm not I'm not fully done with it yet. I'm oh. actively playing it. I am a few hours in at this point, uh, but I still, I, I haven't finished Donkey Kong yet, so I'm like, and I heard it was a, a long and beefy mm-hmm. campaign for DLC, as you guys are saying, so I'm like, actually very excited to see where the twists and turns are. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's three worlds of six levels each, and then the last one is four, so that would be 22 oh, levels. And I will, yeah. I will say, and this is something that um, you can see right off the bat, I don't think this is a spoiler, but in the original game, um, once you beat a world, you had to go back and kind of like wander around it to find challenges. But in the Donkey Kong expansion, when you're done, they're just all in one spot. Like you just wander around like this guy. Hey, try his challenge. Okay, move on to the next guy. Like they're right. You don't have to wander around and go through like puzzles you already did. It's really nice that they just decided to like plop them all on one island for you. And, uh, yeah, you I spent hours finding, like, oh, the last challenge in the desert uh, uh-huh. world. Like, hours just being like, was it over here? No, okay, this <laughs> is, like, the hieroglyphics. Is it over here? No, that's the underpants of the bullet bill. All right. You know, like, it's completely, <laughs> yeah, of course, the signposts that you see in Mario uh-huh. and Rabbids. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited to keep playing it as well. Like, you know, usually when you do a podcast on something, you're like, wow, that was cool. And I'm like, wow, it is cool. And I'm still in it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that this is mostly covered unless you guys have some, some things you want to talk about that we've missed. I don't think so. No, it's a great game. Everyone should uh, give it a try. Or, you know, maybe if uh, a friend has it. Uh, there's multiple save files, right? Yeah, there's multiple. Yeah. I think so. So yeah. find, find a friend who's... Uh, Who's, who's done with it or who doesn't mind you borrowing it for a bit and try it out. Also, if you find a friend, there's a co-op mode. Yeah. Yeah, I play with my wife it's a really bit. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. It's kind of like you could just pass the controller back and forth, but <laughs> since uh, they're giving you the option of using two controllers, it's, it's pretty fun. And once again, I mean, like, I play tons and tons of video games. My wife usually plays like life sims like animal crossing that kind of thing and she still had a good time and uh, picked it up pretty quickly so that's even like more novice level strategy uh you know getting into the game yeah i actually first started playing this in co-op mode like uh Hmm. the the base game i didn't uh 
immediately pick it up. I, uh, my ex actually sort of introduced me to it and was like, well, we can play co-op. And we did. And it was wonderful and great. And I was like, wow, tactics. Maybe I should try this. <laughs> that was how it all kind of started. Where have you but, been all yeah. my life? Exactly. Where have you been, tactics? <laughs> Apparently in the Banner Saga is where they've been. But that's fine. <laughs> Uh, the only the only thing I would say uh, is that I, I just wanted to second uh, Ben. I think it was you who said like a Zelda sort of mashup would be mm-hmm. incredible. Like Breath of the Rabbids. Like, oh, <laughs> Rabbids of the Wild. I don't know. It's, uh... Those both work really well. Either one, well. right? I, uh, I mean, there's so many. Cool. There's so many. I mean, you, I would love to see Rabbit Ganondorf as a bad guy. Oh. Oh my god, yes. Big side be big sideburns. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if Nintendo would go for that. I mean, they put Link in Mario Kart, so why not? Yeah, yeah. they've got crossover appeal. You know, it's totally mm-hmm. fine. The, I I guess the only thing and maybe this will even happen cuz again, I haven't I haven't finished it yet, but like I do love Diddy and I do love Dixie mm-hmm. and like if they're in this game somewhere, it's all right, you don't have to spoil it, but like if I don't see them, I might be a tiny bit sad and and that's okay, Nintendo, because you can just give me another one, and I will totally buy it because I love this game and I love these characters. You're gonna so, freak out yeah. when Lanky Kong shows up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh boy, I'm kidding. he has I'm no kidding. style. He has no grace. He's got a Kong funny has face. A funny face. Yeah, but he can handstand when he needs to. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, before we start wrapping, I guess mm-hmm. it's probably oh. time to wrap no, things up. No, that's that's what I was, we want to wrap. We were, we were just wrapping. That was the DK wrap. No, that was no, the wrap no. up. <laughs> You were quoting. You weren't at the point where you were straight up rapping. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it was just quote rapping. You know, it's fine. (laughs) We're just saying the lyrics, which is not quite the same. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think that about covers it. This is a shockingly good game and should be surprisingly appealing to fans of strategy and tactics games, even if you grown up grumpy at Mario because all you've done is ever play PC games. But Mario's cool. But so is this game. Yeah. Go play. Uh, Co-signed. <laughs> so I am Rowan Kaiser, and for Ben and Danielle, I will say goodnight and uh, give the final three MA things, which are three MA is produced by Michael Hermes, who is our expert producer and is awesome and put up with the never-ending email chain that led to this episode. <laughs> Thank you, oh, Michael. Uh, yeah. And also, 3MA is supported by viewers like you. I'm sorry, PBS. Uh, listeners like <laughs> you at patreon.com slash 3MA. There are special 3MA episodes for subscribers. All kinds of cool things. I don't know about all kinds of cool things. Several cool <laughs> things. Uh, please give us money to podcast so we can become bigger than the Chapo guys. All right. Uh, <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Thank you for having me. This was great. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was my best Donkey Kong.